0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today, FM. On yesterday's show, we spoke about the number of applicants to join Angarda Chikana who don't get in because they fail a fitness test. But in the course of the conversation, it came up that, well, a couple of things came up. One was that even if all of those people did pass, that the numbers going into Angarda Chikana would not be ...anywhere near what's required to replenish the force, let alone add to its numbers... And it made us think a little bit, and then we saw Conor Lally writing in the Irish Times today about what he's described as morale being at an all-time low in on garda So we have Damien McCarthy with us, spokesperson for the Garda Representative Association, and we're also joined by Conor Lally, the security and crime editor of the Irish Times. Conor, just how many Garda do we have in the force at present, given that at over 5 million we have the largest population in the history of the state?
1: Okay. Yeah, and I think that population growth is really one of the problems now um, that's really starting to hit on Garda Shea If we go back, um, Matt, to March of 2020, obviously the pandemic was just starting then. There was a very, you know, high-profile, high-visibility uh, policing operation put in place for, you know, Garda checkpoints and all of that uh, during the, the pandemic. A lot of the recruit Garda who were in training in Templemore at the time were very quickly fast-tracked. They, you know, passed out and they became Gardie on the beat. Mm-hmm. So the numbers surged at that point in March 2020 to 14,700. And really since then, because we've had hardly any recruitment into the Guard College down in uh, Temple Moor, the numbers have dropped by over 600 in that three-year period. So When the pandemic hit, we were trying to build our way to a 15,000-strong Garda force, which is what the aim is, Um, and we've never had a Garda organisation that large, but now we're back, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, significantly under 14,200, and the difficulty is, because Garda recruitment has been really badly interrupted, first because of COVID, and then really because the you know, I, I suppose the Garda organisation has been very slow to get recruitment back on track. Um, there are very few people coming through uh, the college now and it's going to take a long time before we get, uh, you know, back to where we were, even when the pandemic began.
0: And then there's other things, Connor, the numbers who are retiring as early as possible and those who don't even wait until retirement age, who just give up and decide they want to do something else.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of issues really happening in the Guards at the moment. Um, There is a move towards very specialised investigation of crime. And what that means is trying to upskill Guard members to, you know, become very expert at investigating things like cyber crime, um, or maybe, you know, sexual crimes. And what happens then is when you upskill these Guards, they then become very attractive to the private sector. So somebody who maybe has 10 or 15 years ex- experience as a Guard has perhaps undergone, you know, cyber training on the job, um, and other, you know, very sought after skills, they're now being headhunted through linked in um, by the private sector and now we're seeing about uh, we're seeing just over a hundred people a year resign from the guards just to you know take up other uh, jobs now look that may sound fairly small but that was unheard of 10 years ago people join the guard and they just uh, you, you know did not leave. Um, So you've got retirements, you've got resignations, you've got very little recruitment coming in. Then you've got this tendency towards um, very, you know, increased specialization in the guards, and all the while it's drawing away, you know, uniform guarder resources, from street policing and from responding to 999 calls. And certainly the guards that I've spoken to are very concerned um, that the capacity to even, uh, you know, provide that that kind of emergency fire brigade service, if you like, responding to calls that it's so stressed, uh, stretched now that they're not able to um, respond to those calls.
0: So just before I go to Damien McCarthy who's here in the studio with me, from all the people you've been talking to, how would you describe morale in the force?
1: Certainly everybody says morale is way down um, and really there's a couple of issues for that and it's kind of I've kind of found in the last few years, morale seems to have been getting poorer and poorer, and it's really quite bad now. And I would say that what's happening is because resources are being drawn away from frontline policing, there are fewer guards then, you know, remaining to do the same job. Um, Obviously, they're under more pressure. Uh, the population in Ireland is gr- is growing, um, and while crime dropped during the pandemic period now, we're seeing things like public order crime, sexual offences, and so on. They're, in, they're on the rise now again, so the pressure is really being cranked up, and I would say, you know, almost universally the people that I speak to in the Guards are saying that morale is very poor. Now look, there's lots of these Guards still really want to be Guards, they really love the job and so on, but they feel they're just being pushed to breaking point the whole time, and that it's getting gradually harder every year.
0: Okay, Damien McCarthy, you're a spokesman for the Garda Representative Association. What do you make of Conor Lally's analysis? Well, I think it's
2: it's it's very accurate, and and if you go back to to where the seeds were, were sown for this predicament we're under, I mean, we've had various promises in relation to recruitment. Going back over three and a half years now, where we had an announcement of 800 recruits, for example, and for whatever reason, the Garda Commissioner at that time uh, didn't allow 800 and reduced it to 600 recruits. I think that set the tone uh, in terms of promises being fulfilled that come from the government benches. Uh, People don't realise that crime uh, and and properly resourcing the Garda Shia Karna, you have to have a long term strategy. I think we we need to realise now that this is a national crisis. Uh, we have to properly look at, at the policing structure in this country and see how we're being funded, how we're being resourced and how we can keep optimum numbers.
0: One of the things Connor mentioned there was specialist units and it did strike me listening to that. If people are been taken for very good reasons into these specialist units, which sounds like a good thing to do, it is reducing the numbers available though for community policing and is that why, for example, we haven't been given a special dedicated transport unit, as has been suggested by many politicians, but Drew Harris doesn't seem to want to do? Simply is it the case that the numbers aren't there to do it?
2: Like, th- that's all very fine to call for these specialised units, but the bottom line is that the men and women of the garda Síochana that are out responding to 999 calls, the numbers are so reduced, we're, we're struggling to provide that service. And what we need to realise is that this is unfair to the existing workforce and the communities that we serve are not best served with the reduced levels. It's at crisis point and we have to address that issue. There's a whole number of issues that need to be addressed in relation to how this has, has been allowed fester for so long. The government need to set up an immediate task force and examine the wrongs within the Garda Siakana address the concerns of people at Garda rank and look forward to a bright and prosperous police force. But this isn't
0: exactly selling the idea of becoming a Garda to anyone under the age of 35 who might be listening. I mean, why would they want to be a Garda? What sort of things do you have to put up with in the job?
2: Well, I can tell you, like, there's no sugarcoating it. It's by, by and large, it is a very difficult job. And it, without being in danger of contradicting what I'm saying, I have daily examples of the diligence, the professionalism and the resilience of the existing workforce currently out there struggling to provide a service. And what seems to amaze me is that we always seem to get the job done with limited uh, resources. It is very difficult and challenging. But in fairness to the people out there, they're so resilient. And if anyone is listening, it is definitely a challenging job But if you want to be part of a team, a public service team that's committed to serving their communities without fear or or the the actual difficult challenges that that lie ahead of us, if you want to be part of a team uh, that that risk it all to serve the community, come join the Garda. Yeah, but hold on.
0: How dangerous a job is it? Because we got FOI figures into our newsroom here today, FM, which shows 285 Gardaí were assaulted last year. And of those, 23 suffered bone fractures or dislocations and 17 open wounds and you even had things like bites as well
2: Extremely horrific injuries are, are, are being experienced uh, on a daily on a weekly basis Now what needs to be addressed and when I call for a task force it's these specific concerns we have these guard members that are out sick As a result of an injury on duty serving their communities, there's been a massive societal change with aggression and violence targeted towards members of the Garda Shikana. That needs to be addressed and highlighted and we need proper action to ensure we're fully resourced because our calls are falling on deaf ears for far too
0: long. How much of that do you think has been provoked by social media coverage?
2: I think it it, it, certainly there's been a dramatic increase and it, it seems to be like a badge of honour for some who have no regard for law and order in terms of, of uploading social media content and circulating levels of aggression and anger and violence towards members of the Garda Shia But what I said a few moments ago, it's the resilience and professionalism of the people out there struggling to provide the service. It doesn't go unnoticed in terms of people within the GRA and that's why we're constantly calling on the Garda Commissioner and the government to produce plans that work because the previous commitments haven't delivered for all membership.
0: No, there have been examples over the years, Damien, it has to be said, of gardi who have abused their position and sometimes have resigned from the force before they have faced trial or have had to be kicked out of the force because of what they've done. But how is that balance now between getting rid of those who should not be part of the force but also then maybe having perhaps people suffering allegations that are made falsely which then acts as a cloud for a number of period of time over them.
2: I think it's very important uh, that we have clear independent oversight of the Garda Siakana. We have extreme powers since 2007 uh, to deal with anybody uh, that acts inappropriately. And unfortunately, there has been the isolated incident, which the guards themselves have prosecuted members of the garda Síochána. That doesn't give me any joy or pleasure but if you look in large the number of complaints going into the garda Síochána Ombudsman Commission on an annual basis the vast, vast majority of those complaints contain false allegations against members of the garda Síochána, and there seems to be little or no action to counteract that feedback coming from Garda members where false allegations of theft and assault and sexual assault are made and there seems to be no follow-up only the investigation being closed. We have no Difficulty with independent oversight, it has to be fair, balanced, and impartial in its approach. And that again is a concern of GRA members where false complainants are not being
0: dealt with. Okay, a listener here says a guard went to my son's school and told them that he was regularly spat at. That changed my son's mind on wanting to become a member of the Ungardi. Uh, to finish with you, Conor Lally, Security and Crime Editor, will a task force sort this out? How long is it going to take to actually make the Guardi a more popular career option for people so that we can fill these numbers?
1: Well, I think it is still a popular career option. I mean, the last time um, they held a Garda recruitment uh, campaign, there were, there were over 10,000 uh, applicants. Now, generally what happens though is when these recruitment campaigns you know drag on which they tend to people drop out they get job offers elsewhere they take up that you know course in college that they were you know waiting on and so on so there are plans at the moment to uh, take in about a thousand new recruits into the Garda College in Templemore during 2013. Um, the uh, Garda HQ told me that that will involve a class of about 200 recruits going into the Garda College about every 12 weeks. So that would be a thousand this year, which would beef up. The numbers by several hundred, you know, when you factor in resignations, uh, retirements and so on. But as Damien says, there have been promises in recent years for, you know, 600, 800 per year, and it hasn't really happened. Um, So the plan there is, as I say, to hire a thousand, but I'll be very interested to see how close they get to that thousand bigger by the time we get to the end of the year, because there have been shortfalls.
2: You want to work with men and women who are committed, brave professionals, uh, committed to serving their community and keeping people safe. Come join the Garda economy.
0: OK, actually Color, very briefly, is there also an issue that people looking to join the Garda aren't impressed by the paying conditions and particularly a different pension scheme to those who might be about to retire?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. When you joined the guards, um, I think the actual date is in the mid 90s. Um, Damien would probably correct me there if I'm wrong. But once you joined before that date, um, once you had 30 years service done or you're aged 50 years old, um, you could retire on a full pension, um, and that basically meant that you you were guaranteed half your salary, um, and then you could go off. You know, you could basically retire on a full pension aged. Fifty years old, and you could go and work something else, and you'd be getting half your guard of salary plus your new salary. So it was, you know, it was it was a big reward to hang on for that thirty year service. What's happening now is the pensions aren't as attractive now as they were previously. So the incentive to do your full year, your full, you know, thirty year service yeah. isn't really there then you have the issue of guards being upskilled on the job within On Guard of being very attractive to the private sector and this is why we're seeing more people leaving the guards after maybe 10 years 12 years uh, because they're being headhunted
0: Thank you very much for that Conor Lally from the Irish Times Damien McCarthy GRA spokesperson The Last Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30